Hey guys, this is Malki Asad and welcome to the channel. Today I'm excited to have my friend Dr. Muthat Farawati as my guest to talk about his experience matching into internal medicine at the Cleveland Clinic. Welcome Muthat to the channel. Hi Malki, thank you for hosting me. Thank you so much for your time. And I want to start today by asking you about your medical school experience. When you started you thinking about coming to the US and starting your US journey, did that happen early in your medical school or it was toward the end of your medical education? So um, I'm from Syria. I was born and raised in Aleppo. So my medical school was also in Syria there. Um, the idea of coming to the States um, came to my mind actually early on during med school. However, I was still undecided until maybe the, until the fourth or fifth years when the idea actually became uh, more realistic to me. So I started preparing for the exams around that time. Um, you know, when, whenever you start a new project, you ask a lot and you ask your friends and the people who did it before you. And um, a lot of people advise me to follow that route. And um, that's how I started. Awesome. And I hope this video can shed some light for people who don't have much experience in, in this pathway. Your experience, I'm sure it will help them a lot in that. Sure, that's the plan. So I want to ask you also about the importance of studying school materials versus only studying the step materials. Did you study both at the same time or you focused on one more than the other? So that's, that's actually a great question. So, I mean, in med school, um, a lot of the curriculum is, is very specific to the med school itself. And um, speaking of my experience, at least I studied, I studied medicine in Arabic, which is a, you know, a different language, uh, which meant that I would have to study kind of two curriculum in parallel rather than using my school material to prepare for my USMLE. So at least in my experience, I try to study for med school as well as for the, the step exam. Um, and both of them were equally important uh, for me, just in case uh, I wasn't able to come to the States um, and I had to stay in, in Syria for residency. I wanted also my medical school performance to be, to be good enough for me to do the specialty uh, I like. And you were not only performing well in your school, you graduated valedictorian of your class, you're always ranked first. How do you think the, that helped you in residency. Does it play a role to be ranked first or top five or 10% in your class in the US MLE application and the residency match? Yeah, I mean, I think to be honest with you, everything helps, everything matters. When it comes to residency applicant um, choice, it's, it's really, really difficult to tell exactly how the decision is being made uh, among different applicants. But I mean, certainly being being the top 5% or being the valedictorian in your class, that's something that shines on your CV. Um, but as I said, the degree to which this contributes to your application, it's really hard to tell just because it's the decision to, to make, um, the, the decision usually is made based on a lot of criteria and a lot of things. Um, and that's only one factor. But certainly, I mean, if you can perform here in med school, I think the importance of that comes um, from you know, the mentality of, you know, being always uh, performing um, as as good as possible and trying to be the best possible uh, version of yourself. I think the mentality part of it and trying to do that early on in your career, early on in your studies, that's, a, I think that's the most important part of it rather than 
a metric that is used to choose the residency applicants. So I think that it, it helped, it definitely helped, but um, it's tough to know exactly how much it helped. Yeah, I agree with you. It shows more of a track record that you're performing on a consistent level that number one or on a high level. And I get a lot of questions from students whether they should focus on their school materials and rank first or study step one, step two materials and get a high score. If you had limited time and you only had the option to choose one versus the other, which one do you think we would have chosen? So, yeah, I mean, ideally you would you try to do as, much, as, as good as possible on both frontiers, but as, as you mentioned, time is, is a, limited, a limited resource. Um, and if I had to focus on something, I would probably say the scores and the USMLE, just because um, it's uh, it's more clearly visible and it's, uh, uh, it's more used by, I think, program directors and selection committees uh, around the nation to choose applicants from. Um, also, that the exams in general are something that's, that's more objective and standardized uh, across the United States. In, in comparison to our medical school experiences, come, I mean, being an IMG and um, also other IMGs, the medical school experience can be different uh, across the countries. And the program directors, I feel, don't really have a, a way to, to judge your medical school and um, how difficult or easy for someone to be like a bad Victorian or on top 1% of their medical school, just because they don't have enough experience with, with them. So I would definitely focus on USMLE to answer your question. Awesome. So now after you decided to pursue the journey to the US, can you tell us a little bit about your preparation for the STEP exams? Did you prepare that early on your school, late? Did you start with step one versus step two? Yeah, so when, when I decided to come here, um, uh, I started with USMLE step one. Uh, I wanted to start from bottom uh, to up, uh, starting from the basics all the way up to like the clinical. So that's why I chose I chose step one. Um, I, I started in, in my fifth year, my, the late of my fifth year, but the end of it, uh, and maybe my sixth year. However, I was studying on and off because of, you know, I mean, I was in mid school and uh, I had the exams also for the mid school and and all these things. So I would say that dedicated study time didn't happen until actually after graduation. Um, so after graduation, um, I, I had more time to, to focus and study and take the exam. And that's when I took my step one exam after six months from graduation. And that's how, how I would start it. Then that helped me um, get a, you know, get uh, the visa to come to the States. And then I studied my step two here in the States and then uh, I applied. So I think one thing that I'd like to, to highlight here is probably starting early in your med school, especially if you know for, for, for sure that you wanna come here would be, uh, would be a better choice just to save you time and um, maybe try to get your, your, your focus early on would be maybe more important and that would, would help you in the, in the long run other than starting late. In my case, I had certain things that I needed to figure out first, which kind of precluded that. But generally start early, of course, and make sure you, you know what you want as early as possible. And do you think that preparing for step one first 
helped you in the preparation of step two? Of course. I mean, which, whichever step you'd like to, to start with, the second step would naturally be a little bit easy just because the steps are generally overlapping and the materials overlap with each other. So whatever you start preparing for first would help you with the second exam. So starting from the basics, moving up was helpful for me and definitely helped with, with my step two for sure. And that's something I'd recommend uh, rather than going the other way around. And you know, there are several materials for each subject of the step one and step two. On which basis did you, cho did you choose these materials and what were the main ones that you think helped you in getting the great score you got? So, I, I mean, I detail, detailed all those. Um, I had like two PDFs on the internet that uh, people who are interested can Google. But just briefly, I mean, as far as the materials, uh, definitely you ask the people before you try to, to benefit from their experience. And you, you know, you Google and you look on the internet and see what people are using. Um, but the main resources for sure were like first aid and uh, U-World uh, definitely for both steps, as well as some supplementary material here and there for different sub subjects. And as I said, that the detailed resources are uh, mentioned, uh, are detailed in like two PDFs that people can find on the internet very easily if they are interested. And we can put the, I'll put the links for the two PDFs in the description below. Uh, do you have any tips or general advice for people preparing for their steps that you learned after doing step one and step two? Yeah, I think the main uh, advice that I would probably uh, provide here is trying to understand everything you learn rather than trying to memorize it. Um, trying to understand the topic, uh, the more you understand it, the longer it lasts and the more able you will be to solve questions in the exam um, so i think that's that's number one number two is i would say try to solve as many questions as possible for both steps one and two uh, that will get your brain into the habit of problem solving and trying to uh, get used to be faced with challenges and trying to find the answers for for these problems, uh, it will be a great practice for you in the exam. So I think that that's the main thing, understanding everything you study and solving as many questions and practice. Uh, um, and that, that helped me a lot, actually. Now, these are really some great advices. And before I go into the details of your research experience, uh, I'm glad that you had a different experience than me doing uh, the exam, the step preparation for step two exam while you were doing your research. Can you share with us the advantages and disadvantages of doing research with studying for exam? I mean, definitely trying to juggle a lot of tasks at the same time is something that requires discipline and uh, time management. And, uh, you know, it's, it's generally more difficult rather than just focusing on one thing. So for me, step two was um, I did it as, as I was doing uh, my research fellowship. So it, the preparation was a little bit different than, than step one, I'd say. Um, luckily, it was my second exam, so I had a, a great foundation from my step one, which I built, uh, upon which I actually built my, my step two preparation. So that helped. 
but as I said, I mean, you have to, to do what you have to do. I was I was placed in this position, and uh, you kind of have to find solutions. I mean, mainly the main main point for sure would be like time management and um, setting setting goals and knowing what you want to do. Um, that helped me, I think, to overcome this. But it's not an ideal situation for sure. And I, I made a video for the advantages and disadvantages of doing research with residency. But as Matt had said, sometimes you don't have so many options and you have to, to do it. So kudos for you for, for achieving this such great score with such productivity during your research time. Uh, can you share okay. with us a little, some details about your research experience? Where did you do your research? In which field? What were your responsibilities during that? Um, I came to Rochester, Minnesota, where I did my research um, at Mayo Clinic uh, in the Department of Cardiovascular Medicine. Um, the, the reason I chose that because I'm interested in cardiology after internal medicine, and uh, I wanted to do something that I'm passionate about and I'm interested in. Uh, my experience at Mayo Clinic was was amazing. It's definitely a, a great institution with a lot of resources, uh, a lot of good people, very smart people, very talented people. Um, and definitely helped me a lot and it shaped me the way I, I am today. I think it was my first experience in the U.S. And for that matter, actually, my first experience to work uh, abroad, uh, period. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would say my research experience, uh, I was fortunate to to have to have done this research at a, at a great institution such as Mayo. And um, it definitely helped me a lot uh, along the road. How do you think research help residency applicants, for example, in internal medicine? Uh, that's that's a great question. I mean, research in general, um, you can, I mean, I think also on your channel, I, I saw uh, multiple videos on the benefits uh, of research and advantages, disadvantages uh, of research prior to residency. I mean, for internal medicine um, residency, um, I mean, research definitely helps uh, in academic programs, and it it helps to show that you are uh, academically oriented and uh, and you have that interest early on uh, in your career even before residency. So definitely, that's something that's uh, gonna show on your on your CV. Um, I think apart from publications and being productive, one way that research can be very beneficial is actually building the connections and and uh, showing that. As an international, you are able to, uh, you know, work and perform well in the, the, in the U.S. institutions and uh, have really great results. And that goes to show uh, your work ethics, your professionalism, all that try, kind of show uh, before joining residency and provides great reassurance for, for program directors and people who are uh, reviewing your CV when they see that you are actually you worked in a, an American institution and you did well and people are talking great about you, uh, that kind of you know helped help them in their mind uh, to see that you will be also a great asset to their institution and to their program, as compared to someone coming from like um, a foreign country with no experience here in the U.S., then they will have probably more questions. So from that standpoint, also research does help. Uh, having letters of recommendations, for sure, um, that's a great way to have a good letter because of the longitudinal experience usually you have with your research mentor. 
um, as compared to one month during a U.S. rotation. In research, probably you will do at least six months, maybe a year, maybe more. So you build this this great relationship, and that results usually in a, in a very good letter and a very personalized letter. So definitely, I mean, we can go on and on and on the advantages of research, and definitely for internal medicine, it does help, um, especially when we are talking about university programs and academic programs. Yeah, I definitely agree with you that the value of research goes beyond the publication itself. But in, in general medicine, do you recommend international medical graduates who have good scores, some clinical experience to do research, or it's an optional if you want to go into academic institutions? Um, that's, that's a great question, and that's a question also I get asked a lot. I think it depends on the situation and circumstances uh, for each individual. There's a lot of factors that, that factor into this uh, decision for sure. And I would say, I mean, it's a, it's a long-term decision, I'd say. So if you're interested in a fellowship that's competitive, like cardiology, GI, um, or any other competitive specialties for which you will need research, um, and you are you have the resources to, you know, take up six months or a year or more before residency, I would say definitely go for it for the advantages I mentioned. And just because this, these publications and this research will come very handy when you apply to fellowship. Mind you, in residency time is very limited and uh, the opportunities to do research might not be um, as available as, uh, I mean, depends where you go, but it's not might not be as available to you as as if you have time to do it before. So if you plan on doing fellowship, in two years from residency, you'll be applying for fellowship and that research will be very, very helpful. So to, to summarize my answer, I would say, if you are interested in competitive subspecialties down the road, I would say, yeah, take the time and you have the resources because you know taking time before residency might be expensive. I would say definitely take the time, try to do research, build it, build your CV. That will help you first for residency and more importantly for fellowship where research plays a much bigger role. Definitely, especially that many applicants, especially IMGs, they graduate before they apply to residency. So there is a time between their graduation and the beginning of residency when they're interviewing. While American applicants are there in their fourth year, the IMGs usually are don't have anything to do. So this could be a good way of filling that gap and optimizing your CV, your connections, using this time that you already have. Exactly, exactly. Can't agree with that. So now moving on to the clinical experience. How important do you think is clinical experience for internal medicine residency? And did you do any rotations, electives, observerships? So, uh, I mean, personally, uh, I, I wasn't able to obtain the visa during med school, so I had to come after graduation, which limits my rotation to observerships. Um, I, I definitely did a um, couple observerships, and I believe U.S. clinical experience also um, is very important for, for, for any application. I mean, by, by, the, by the end of the day, you are applying to uh, for a clinical job, if you want to name it. I mean, sure. residency, you will be doing clinical things, and... Uh, uh, that's your main job and that's your main duty. So having that experience before and having uh, a great letter that attests to your clinical abilities and your work ethics and uh, your team dynamics and etc. I mean, that would definitely be a, be a very good 
thing on your CV. And so, yeah, U.S. clinical experience, definitely if you can do it, uh, if you can do electives, then obviously go for that. It's because it's more hands-on and carries more weight when the time comes for application. If not, then observership, of course, try to do them as well. Uh, uh, you can get a letter out of it and you can make as much as you can out of it. You know, you can do a presentation, you can, you know, uh, be active, try to do as much as, as possible within uh, within that time and uh, try to get a letter out of it because by the end of the day, clinical letters uh, matter much more when you apply for residency. Uh, so yeah, US clinical experience, definitely something that you need to consider when you apply. How do you usually get these observerships? Do you apply through websites or you can talk individual doctors? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I think the official way is to apply through websites for certain institutions and uh, there are certain time timelines and timeframes through which you can apply. Um, however, I would say the more productive way of doing that is probably as you said, targeting individual doctors trying to see um, the people who did observations before you, if they know anybody, uh, trying to find that connection uh, that, that that can be very, very helpful and that can save you a lot of time. So I would focus probably on that rather than just going through like websites and doing the official uh, application thing. And I wanted to ask you if you did observership at Cleveland Clinic where you matched, and how important is it to do an observership in a place you're interested in? Absolutely. So in my case, I did a, a brief observership actually during the interview time. Uh, I think it was around this time, October, November. So after, after the application submission, I did a brief observership for like a, a week. Um, I, I had limited time at the time because I was also um, doing research. So I believe it did help. It, it, it definitely serves as a, a very good gesture of interest uh, to the program you are doing observership at. Uh, and it was close, close to the time of like rank list and uh, close to the time where the interviews were being given. So I think it did help uh, a lot uh, to show interest and to show that I'm genuinely willing to join your program. Um, I definitely advise anyone who has, I mean, it's difficult to do observerships in all the programs you are interested in, but if you have like a, a one or two program uh, on your list and it's feasible for you to do some time uh, in that program around the time of application, maybe um, around September or even uh, deeper in the year, maybe December or like January, then definitely um, try to do that just because your impression will be will be recent to them and uh, you'll have an, a chance to talk to key people in that program and that definitely will boost your chances, uh, I would say. But as I said, it's not an easy thing to do, uh, but if you can do it, definitely go for it. I think it helped in my case. Awesome. Now moving on to the residency application, when you were choosing the programs that you wanted to apply to out of the 100 of internal medicine residency programs, on which basis did you uh, choose these programs? That's a very good question. As you mentioned, there's uh, many, like hundreds of programs that, especially for internal medicine, that one can, can apply to. Uh, 
uh, and choosing the programs you're going to apply to is a very individualized decision and it depends on the person for sure. In my case, I had certain priorities. Um, I am on a visa, so I wanted a program that sponsors certain visas. I wanted to go for H1 visa um, rather than J1. Um, so I prioritized the programs who uh, offer H1s uh, and I applied to many of them. Um, another factor for me was uh, was that I'm interested in, in academia and I wanted to go to a program where I will have um, opportunities to, to do research and uh, uh, advance my academic career. So um, that meant that I will have to apply to like university programs more than community programs. Um, and certainly the reputation of the place uh, Doximity is a great resource in that regard. So I rank the programs from one to like 150 and um, I saw the top 100 programs and uh, I applied to almost all of them. Uh, other factors that might play here, a role here would be the city, the affordability of the city. And uh, if you have any relatives, if you have any connections that you'd like to stay near to, uh, that definitely also is a factor. In my case, I would say that the major two factors were the visa and the reputation and the academic nature of the program. Did the fellowship of choice, you're interested in cardiology, play a role in choosing programs that have heavy cardiology practice compared to others? Yeah, certainly. That's a great question. I mean, I, I knew from, from the start that I wanted to do cardiology. So, um, the fellowship placement played a very also very important role uh, in choosing the program. Um, in my case, Cleveland Clinic is is ranked like number one in cardiology, so it was a very attractive option option for me, um, knowing that I, I want to do cardiology. Uh, and you also you know ask around and you kind of get a feel of um, of the fellowship placement and uh, and like certain in the program you are applying to and uh, try to understand uh, the chances of you getting to the fellowship you want from the residency program that you are choosing and you are joining. So in my case, yeah, definitely it played a, a very big role. Awesome. So now when you started sending the, the application to programs, did you send any emails to programs expressing your interest prior to the interview. And also I wanted to ask you about the post-interview communication, if you think this is a good way of expressing your interest to the program. Of course, yeah, that's a really good question. And it's another uh, gray area where uh, opinions differ a lot. Um, in my personal experience, I definitely sent a lot of emails to a lot of programs, especially the programs that I was um, really interested in. Um, I would say it, it definitely doesn't hurt to show interest and to try to draft a personalized email and send to program directors um, of the programs that you are interested in. And I think that's something that that helps. Um, I, I distinctly remember that I got like at least three or four, three or four interviews um, shortly after sending an email to the program director for a, for a certain program. So that's definitely something that helps. Uh, the post-interview communication, again, uh, whenever you are deciding about something, like what are the chances of harm versus benefit, you know? 
I don't think any harm would come from a thank you email <laughs> after a, a, like an interview with, with somebody. I think it's a, it's a good gesture and I think a lot of people would appreciate it. Uh, and again, it goes to show your interest and your uh, your willingness to, to, to join the, the program. So yeah, I advise actually to do both email programs, actually also maybe call them before the, uh, around that interviews time and um, also post, post interview communication is something I would also recommend. Uh, also, of course, not being too pushy for sure within the reasonable limits, uh, maybe like one time uh, before your interview and maybe one time after the interview would be, would be good. Yeah, it always helps if you write a personalized one, as you mentioned, not just the same email you send it to everyone, because it shows that you spend the time to learn about the program and write this email rather than just sending one template to everyone. And if the program asked you not to send emails, I would do what the program says and not send emails. Because, for example, in plastic surgery, we have a rule that prohibits applicants from sending uh, emails. So if the program asks you not to, don't do it. But if they don't or they didn't mention that, I think it doesn't harm, as it had mentioned. Of course, of course. So you attended several interviews and I'm sure that gave you a lot of experience. Can you share with us some of these experiences to optimize the interview process and interview experience? Of course. I think your performance in the interview starts actually before your interview. What I mean is reading about the program trying to know as much as you can about the program you are applying to and you're trying to join and trying to know about the faculty and the services and the rotations and everything that they can offer would be would become very handy uh, during your interview time just because you have a lot of material to talk to talk about during that, that interview so I would start there um, then I think the main question that many applicants will be asked is why us everybody knows that you are applying to a lot of programs and everybody probably knows that you might be getting um, several programs and several options and the question that comes a lot is why us uh, and why this program so based on your knowledge about the program and what you know about it and the research you've done on the program i i would try to prepare a very good personalized and succinct answer to this question because I can guarantee you nine, nine out of 10 uh, programs would ask you about that. So knowing the answer to that would come a long way um, to help your interview. Um, the other question that you definitely need also to be ready to talk about is tell me about yourself question. Um, uh, of course, try to come with a with a kind of a pitch sale that contains a lot of your strong points as you are going through this uh, this answer because it will also be a very good opportunity to you know, show your selling points and show important aspects of your application. So that's also something I would, I would definitely recommend to prepare for. Um, and be try to be genuine. You know, the body language helps, like, helps a lot. Uh, being, uh, as I said, as genuine as possible, uh, and being friendly, smiling, all these things uh, go a long way. 
Awesome. So after you successfully made it to the Cleveland Clinic, how how the reality met the expectations? What did you face during your first year that you were not expecting? And can you share with us some of these experiences in your first year? Of course. Uh, now I'm a second year, so everything is behind me now. So I can't talk about it. <laughs> I mean, uh, obviously, internship, uh, there's a lot of, you know, talk about it and how difficult it is and how challenging it is. I think that's somewhat true, but um, I, I also think that there is probably a lot of um, misunderstanding around this this year. And uh, uh, I would say, at least personally, uh, the internship was not as as bad as as people might might kind of try to, to project to you. So, um, yeah, starting my internship, I mean, definitely the 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 difficulties that anyone can expect. It's like, it's a new system. It's a, it's a new environment, new people, everything is new. And definitely that change can be, uh, can be challenging and uh, you have to work around it. Um, I think for me personally, um, I have no complaints. I mean, I was very fortunate to, to have really supportive uh, people and in, in the program and in my personal and professional life. So People were very friendly. People were very supportive, and that kind of that helped me uh, as I'm going through through my internship. And uh, things I would say that might help would be trying to um, go to internship with an open mind and with the expectation that you are going to work and you are going to learn and you are going to develop and grow, and be willing to to you know face the challenges and learn from. Uh, but as I said, overall, I, I would I would rate my experience as very, very good, if not excellent. And um, I would encourage all applicants now to uh, to be excited, actually, about about internship rather than intimidating. Awesome. That brings us to the end of our discussion today. So do you want to share any final thoughts on your experience, any advice to future applicants? Of course, thank you for hosting me, and I, I hope that uh, we provided some useful information for the people who are listening out there. Um, I would say, I mean, the main thing is trying to enjoy the journey. Uh, it's a, it's a long road for sure, and uh, it's um, it's a process, and everything comes with, you know, diligence and trying to do your best, and um, it's it's an exciting path overall. Uh, I would say. Um, and with each step and with each accomplishment you do, um, a lot of joy and a lot of satisfaction comes and then you look forward to the next challenge. So for all people out there who are applying and uh, working hard, I think it's a very, uh, I know it's a very important time in your life. And uh, I think by the end of it, when everything is said and done, it will be worth it. And um, you will look back and will be very proud of yourself. So keep going thank you so much Mithat, for this amazing discussion on your incredible experience thank you all so much for watching if you have any questions leave them in the comments below and follow me on instagram and twitter at malki asad thank you again and see you in future videos